Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Profits and Prana podcast. My name is Esme. I'm a yoga teacher and business coach to purpose-driven entrepreneurs. I'm all about empowering you to create the prosperous business of your dreams. Today, I have an amazing guest with me. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. Today, I'm talking to Leslie Fightmaster. Leslie is a yoga teacher with an amazing following on YouTube. At the time of this recording, she has 240,000 subscribers. It's absolutely incredible. She teaches these amazing classes that are all about the breath and alignment and about helping everybody get access to yoga regardless of their financial situation. Leslie is all about making yoga accessible to as many people as possible, and that is what I love about her. In this interview, you're going to hear about Leslie's background, how she got started, and we're going to get into talking about how to build a YouTube channel, how to build an audience, and some of the nitty-gritty things about marketing yoga online. This is a great episode. I cannot wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right to the interview. Leslie, thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. So as if there's anybody in the yoga world who doesn't really know who you are yet, would you <laughs> like to introduce yourself and what you're all about? Sure. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people who don't know who I am. You're so sweet. Uh, my name's Leslie Fightmaster, and I've been teaching yoga since uh, 2006. And about, I think about three years ago, we started a YouTube channel. And so we've been putting up a yoga class pretty much every week for the last close to three years. I think it's been about that. And, um, and then once a year, the last Last January and the January before, we did um, a 30-day last year and a 90-day kind of challenge on our YouTube channel uh, so that people could sort of get in the habit of practicing every day. And um, what else can I tell you? I teach um, regular classes. I taught regular classes for a great uh, company called Yoga Works for a lot of years. I started getting a little too busy for my regular classes, so now I teach some private clients, and I teach teacher training for Yoga Works. Uh, I, I'll have one coming up this January, and um, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm married. I've got two little boys and got a pretty good life, I guess. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to circle back to the family bit because I don't know yeah. how to do all of it. But, so you've been you're doing the videos, which I love, and we have, um, we have a lot of your videos on my website, and people keep emailing me. They're like, do you have any more Leslie videos? Yeah. And I'm like, go to her channel. Her channel's awesome. Like, there's not yeah. a video on her channel. But I'm sure it took a while to get to that point and to make sure that what you were putting out every week was something that people were interested in and not also a, how do we say this nicely, um, a waste of your energy uh. <laughs> by regurgitating the same thing that you did like three months ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, first, let me tell you how we got started making the videos, um, because it was really all by accident. It was not planned at all. We, my husband is a stand-up comedian and a writer, and he used to have a YouTube talk show before people were really into YouTube. So he knew how to do uploads and the, the editing, and he had like old camera equipment, and so he kind of knew how to do YouTube, and he still wanted to do the the poor um, YouTube talk show kind of fizzled out. But he still is he's a creative guy, and he still wanted to be doing comedy and skits and things. So he bought a camera that was you know kind of a nicer camera that can look more professional. And he said after he got the camera, he said, you know, can we go test out my camera? I can just shoot you practicing yoga. And so I said, sure. So we went over to one of the places where I used to teach, which is the, the place where you see like when I'm inside, that's the um, yoga shala, the Ashtanga yoga shala here in Dana Point, California. And he just did a video of me doing a little Ashtanga practice. And it was like a shortened 30-minute practice. Way too fast, I think, by the way. <laughs> um, and so then... I came home, I did a voiceover to it, we put it up on YouTube, we 
didn't think about it again for a long time. And then maybe six months later, nine months later, um, he said, you know, that, that video is getting some views. And I said, oh, that's cool. We should do another one. And so he said, yeah, let's do another one. So we did another one. That was the second one. That one has the most views. Now it's the 45-minute one. Um, and it's the, the first two were to music because we didn't know any better that we didn't know about copyright infringements or anything like that. So we put music to them because we had no idea you're not supposed to. So the second one we did. And again, we put it up and sort of forgot about it. And then maybe another six months passes. And he says, yeah, you know, those videos are really getting some views and there's some comments. And I'm like, huh, that's really interesting. I, we had no idea. We had no idea that anyone was watching the videos. So I spoke to a woman um, who kind of does, she's sort of like a, I guess you could say like a talent agent for yoga teachers, if you believe that there's such a thing, there kind of is. And um, I said, you know, I'm really enjoying actually doing these videos. We did a couple, it was really fun. I wish I could make a little bit of money doing videos on YouTube. And she said, well, funny you should say that because we're putting together a, like a collective of yoga teachers that want to do YouTube videos and then we're kind of using the different yoga teachers to sort of leverage one another and kind of, you know, help each other um, get views and things. And I thought, well, that sounds really neat. So it turns out it was like this multi-channel network that wasn't actually the best it wasn't actually the best opportunity for us in some ways, but in other ways, it got us to put up a new video every week. And even though, like, they got us started, they gave us a lot of really good ideas, I don't think that they necessarily helped promote our videos. Like, we really did that. Um, I mean, we didn't promote. I mean, they just, the, the videos just kind of got passed around organically. I don't think they did a whole lot to help that process. I'll say it that way. But it gave us the you know, sort of that work ethic of let's put up a video every week, let's answer all the comments, um, and just kind of take it from there. And so that was like January, um, I guess that was, gosh, what year is this, 2016? Mm -hmm. So that was probably, <laughs> I think that was January 2013, I think. Could have been 14. But anyway, when we first started with them, we had less than 2,000 subscribers. I think we had like 1800 or something and by the end of the year I think we probably had maybe 10,000 or 20,000 subscribers and then we've just kind of grown since then and now we have about 240,000 or 30,000 something like that so it's you know it's it's not like one of those things some YouTube channels just like you know explode in popularity and you know they'll go from like a thousand subscribers to like a hundred thousand overnight like ours is our growth's never been like that but it's been kind of steady the whole time. Do you think there's something in particular that you've been doing that has been causing the steady growth or is it more of an organic thing that you can't quite put your finger on? Um, I think part, there's a couple of things. I think one of the things that's important is consistency. So, and luckily I'm married to the man that I'm married to because he's really good. And like, yes, we're doing this. This is the day that the video goes up and he's really good about making sure that we've got it all ready to go. Um, so I think if you do want to have like a YouTube channel, you have to be consistent because people start to expect like, oh, okay, every Monday a new class comes out. I know that on Mondays I can go to this channel and I can see there's going to be a new yoga class. Um, another thing that was super helpful is uh, building a community by just answering comments, which seems so simple, but you know, Honestly, in the beginning, I didn't even know people were leaving comments. I knew so little about YouTube, so I didn't even know it was happening. So once I found out, you know, people were leaving comments, I was like, oh, wow, you know, and so I would spend, you know, in the mornings, I would usually answer all of the comments and, you know, started off a couple minutes and then it kind of moved into I'm spending like an hour in the morning on comments and finally just maybe like the last month or so, I'm only answering comments on the brand new classes, which I still feel badly about, but it was taking so much time to keep up with all the comments that it was something I had to do. 
But it's good that they're all leaving comments, though. I know, I know. Radio silence when you put out a video. Definitely, definitely. Um, And then I think a lot of it is, like, organic because, you know, we never have spent money on promoting our videos. Um, Mostly we don't have the money, so it's never never really been much of an option for us. Um, But, you know, that's something that you can do in YouTube is you can – pay to have videos um, played more Um, but we you know we just have never been able to afford it so a lot of the views that we have gotten have really been organic like people telling other people and I started and it was like kind of a slow uh, process but sort of steady at the same time you know I would get more and more messages from people. Like I remember getting seeing messages from you on Twitter for 42 Yogis and I was thrilled because, you know, I didn't even know that people were really paying much attention and then slowly and slowly more and more people were starting to to find us. Yeah, and one of my community members is just obsessed with your videos. <laughs> I cannot get enough of your videos. And Aww. it really helped him because he was starting to get into yoga and it wasn't quite sticking every day. And mm-hmm. so he's, he went through your 30 day challenge and mm-hmm. your 90 day challenge and it really helped him create a solid practice. And you resonated with him in a way that other teachers haven't. So I think there's definitely something to the fact that people are there and they're watching and they're absorbing, but they aren't necessarily telling you that. Yeah, that's true. That's a good good thing to to know. Um, and I, I mean, I feel really, really amazed by the feedback that I get because, you know, honestly, I've seen YouTube channels. I mean, they're very different YouTube channels, but I've seen YouTube channels where the comments aren't nice. <laughs> so to kind of like put yourself out there in that way, like, you know, I was really worried in the beginning, like, what are people going to say? And I've gotten so much very, very nice feedback. So I don't know. I think that if, I think that if you find something that you love to do and you love to share, I think that that really comes through to the people that are, you know, on the receiving end. I think so too. And there's definitely trolls out there, but for Mm -hmm. some reason you're not attracting them. And I think that's awesome. I think you're attracting a lot of people who have similar energy Mm -hmm. and similar philosophies as you, because you have a, a very specific way of teaching and a way of helping people connect to their body that isn't shamey yeah <laughs> yeah so I know that's not really a word <laughs> well I, I there is it's true you know there there are some um channels that you know the energy that's put out is you know like I have I'm wearing you know very little clothing and that's kind of the energy that is getting put out and I have never had that kind of energy in my regular life so I would absolutely never put it out on a video and um you know, and so I think some people, I've gotten messages from people who really appreciate that. Like, they just like, they like, you know, I, I enjoy watching your videos, they'll say, because I can do your videos if my kids are in the room, if my husband's in the room, I don't have to feel uncomfortable about what you're wearing, you know, and, and you know, for me, like, it never occurred to me to, to try and use that angle because I just never feel like I have even have that angle. So <laughs> it's just not who I am. So, um, but yeah, I think that it's true. Like the energy you put out, you, you'll get back. Absolutely. Definitely. And you don't swear. And mm-hmm. not, um, you're not crass mm-hmm. in any way. And your videos are not also all about your bikini body. Right, right. And yeah. those channels definitely have a place. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, what you're doing, I think, resonates more with women who are trying to get their body back after having a baby. Yeah. Life changes, and they're not looking for a bikini body. They just want to feel better. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the important thing about the yoga practice is it's really finding, you know, finding a way to enjoy, not even, you know, accept yourself, but celebrate yourself, you know, loving yourself 
as you really are instead of trying to transform into something else. I mean, I love transformation. Transformation is awesome. And doing things that make you feel good about yourself is fantastic. But I don't necessarily think that that has to be the goal. You know, I don't have to have a goal of like, I want a bikini body. Um, you know, I've had a couple of kids and a couple of C-sections. I'm not really going to have a bikini body. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And, um, you know, but I still can celebrate my body the way it is, even though it's flawed, even though it's not perfect. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to take, you know, I don't want to alter it in any weird ways. I just want to enjoy because, you know, we have such a, um, identity crisis, I think as human beings, because we are so connected to the physical body. There's so much, I mean, people are always showing the physical body and talking about it and trying to improve it and not being happy with it. And, and then, you know, we have all of the marketing being thrown at us all the time, telling us all the ways that we're not okay the way we are and how we have to look a certain way and wear something certain. And, you know, we've got to where use a certain kind of deodorant so that we'll have friends, you know? <laughs> so I think that, you know, it's, it's good to, to know that there's a whole other part of us, the spiritual side of us that needs to be nurtured just as much as the physical side. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to kind of wrap your arms around that, so to speak, because it's not physical. Um, but it's just as important. It's just as an important part of who we are as what you and I see on the outside. You know, the the phys or the, the spiritual, the soul, like the that side, the spiritual side is is who we really are. Like that's our essence. Like that's true. The outside will. It, it's it'll, it's changeable. It'll change. It'll look different. It'll get older. It'll be younger. Whatever. But we're really a lot more than that. And and that's to me. That's what the yoga practice helps me connect to. Is that I'm much more than what you see with your eyes. We all are, and it's really hard for us in this very image conscious world. I think to remember that. Yeah, definitely. Now, why did you start teaching yoga? What was it that brought you to not just doing yoga at home or at a studio, but deciding to teach it and share it with people? That's a great question. I loved yoga when I started practicing it. And the reason I started practicing it was because I'm prone to depression generally, like it runs in the family and all of that kind of thing. And um, I found that when I had a yoga practice, I just felt better. Like I didn't feel as sad. I felt more motivated for life and more excited about life. And when I took Shavasana at the end of, and when I started yoga, it was only sweaty yoga practices, not hot yoga, but it was like the super strong vinyasa flow. That's all I could do. I couldn't do any like restorative yoga or yin yoga or Iyengar yoga because it was too slow and my head was too loud. So when I did like a real sweaty kind of vinyasa flow practice, it was, it was the only time that my head would quiet down. So for me, that was amazing. It was like a miracle for me to have that peace of mind, really. So I loved it. And I never thought I was very good at it. I was always in the back of a class, hiding in the corner, any, any yoga class I ever went to. And I started taking classes in San Francisco, and I had these wonderful teachers. Um, Stephanie Snyder was one of my teachers there, and uh, Janet Stone. Those are like my two main teachers when I was there. They're both amazing, amazing teachers. They have wonderful philosophies. They have beautiful practices. And I never thought I was going to teach yoga because I was looking at them and thinking, you know, I could never, ever do what they do. So I, but I loved it. I loved the practice. And so then we moved from San Francisco. My husband's from Orange County. So my younger son was a year old. We moved to Orange County and I started taking some classes here and you know, the teachers were decent, but I wasn't like, I can't do this. Like, I looked at them, and I was like, you know what? I could do that. I think I could definitely do that. And I thought, I love yoga, and I've got to figure out a way to make some money. And there's only so many hours in a day. I'm a mom. So I had to kind of figure, like, i got to marry these things. You know, I've got to, like, 
become a yoga teacher so I can have yoga in my life all the time and then also be able to, you know, make some income. And um, coupled with the fact that I think that yoga is so amazing, the way that it helped my mind quiet down, the way it made me you know, not feel so depressed, all those things. I was like, yeah, I'd love to share this with other people. So I decided I, I enrolled for the, the Yoga Works teacher training, and um, I'm so glad I did. And how long was your training? I know they have some really different lengths. So I know mm -hmm. they have their immersions, and then they have yeah. the one that runs for a longer time. Mm -hmm. I took the uh, three-month um, they have like the three month, they have a six month, and then they have a one month. The three month is a weekend program, so I would do Friday, Saturday, Sunday for three months. And you don't really get any weekends off, it just kind of starts and then it goes through the weekends. Um, when they do the immersion program, it's like Monday to Friday for a month. Like I'm leading one in January, that's uh, Monday through Friday from like 7.30 to 4.30. Uh, and then they have a six-month one that's like every other weekend. So if you're, you know, if you're working or you've got a lot of things going on in your life, that's a nice option. I think that sounds a lot more manageable for mm -hmm. people. I mean, not everybody can take a whole month off to go mm -hmm. learn how to teach yoga. Exactly. Now, how did your teacher training transform your own personal practice? Well, up to that point, I had a regular practice, but I didn't have like a daily practice, I would say. And during teacher training, you know, we, we had to take a certain number of classes, plus on Saturdays and Sundays, we had really long practices. So one thing that was really neat was the just the whole experience of showing up on my mat regardless of how I felt like I was there I was like on my mat I was doing whatever was in front of me and I didn't stop myself from doing things because I didn't like feel like it do you know what I mean like because I can talk myself out of things all the time like oh, I don't feel like it today I'm not gonna do it you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm right so, there with you. Yeah, so, and consistency is really something that I always have struggled with. I still struggle with it. It's, you know, it gets better over time, but it's definitely something I still struggle with. So it helped me with that. Um, it also opened my eyes to a whole bunch of interesting, like, physical alignment things that I was doing incorrectly in my practice. And, you know, I found out, like, why my elbows were hurting and why my ankles were hurting and, you know, different things like that that I, I just didn't know the proper alignment to, to some poses. And that just helped me on a physical level to, to be able to practice safely and then also to be able to teach that to other people. The alignment is something that we so don't uh, give enough thought to sometimes mm -hmm. in our personal practice. So I know there have been times when I've been like, I just need to get my, my practice done and then I have yeah. to open up the door for a meeting or whatever. And so I'm more, I'm rushed and I'm not taking as much time to make sure that I'm supporting myself in the way I need, you know, making sure that, you know, my joints are stacked properly or I'm getting mm -hmm. the right ankles in a way that is safe for me. Yeah. And I know I'm not the only one who does that when we're, mm -hmm. when we're rushing through our practice. So I yeah. think it's really interesting that it helped you with your alignment because that, that is definitely something that, that was really transformative for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it helps to, you know, like to learn your body also. So like, for example, for you personally, are you more of like a flexible kind of person or more of like a stronger kind of person? More of a stronger person. Okay. Okay. My flexibility is not what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's not such a bad thing. I think that sometimes, you know, we think like, oh, you know, I, I need to be flexible. But honestly, the stronger people fare better as in regard to injuries. I mean, because it's harder to um, sometimes misalign certain things if you're not as like, you know, loose in your joints. Mm -hmm. um, but I know for me, like certain areas of my body, like my lower back is very bendy, but my hands are not my hamstrings. My um, hip flexors are very, very tight. So I would practice back bends with my really, really archy low back and they'd look beautiful, but they didn't always feel good. You know, they would, they would compress my lower back until I found out that like, wow, I really need to stretch out my um, hip flexors more before I go into back bends. And this might not be, 
exactly true for everybody. I mean, everyone can benefit from some stretching of the hip flexors, but, you know, it might not be true for everybody that it's so important, but things like that I learned in teacher training about my own body because when you are a teacher, you're taught how to teach a group of people. So basically you're taught how to teach, you know, a good 80% of the class will benefit from your instructions. But there's probably another 10 or 20% that it's just either not going to be effective for or it might not be good for. So as a uh, yoga practitioner, it's good to learn your own body and know what works for your particular body and what doesn't, regardless of what the teacher is teaching. And too often I've noticed in my own practice, so after, after I get done teaching, mm-hmm. I don't want to do my own practice and right. it's very forced and that I'm not listening to my body because I'm like, oh, I'm just here because I need to do this. And it becomes, it becomes an obligation mm-hmm. instead of a source of joy. So yeah. have you experienced that and did you come up with a way to manage it? Absolutely experienced it. A way to management, sort of, manage it. Um, Yeah, somebody told me, you know, if I were on a computer making spreadsheets all day at work, the last thing I would want to do is go home and make spreadsheets, right? So if I'm teaching yoga all day at work, the last thing I want to do a lot of times is practice yoga at home. So it can be a real tricky, tricky thing because as a yoga teacher, we also need our practice, you know, for the physical safety of in our bodies as we're teaching, of course, but also like the mental and emotional benefits. Like we need it. I'm a horrible teacher if I'm not practicing, honestly. So I've learned that what I do when I don't want to practice is I roll out the mat and I do one sun salutation. In fact, I heard this from David Swenson many years ago. He's a wonderful Ashtanga teacher. He's been teaching a long time and he's, he's wonderful. Um, he said he would just roll out his mat, do one sun salutation. That's it. That's all we have to do today. And then after that sun salutation, he said, you know, by 90% of the time he felt like doing more, which has been true for me. I just go, I do one sun salutation and 90% of the time I feel like doing more and I just keep going. Um, but you know, 10% of the time I don't and I'm done after one and that's okay too. I love David. I have, um, gosh, I can't even tell you. I have, um, I have his Ashtanga book. Yeah, he's awesome. So abused. Yeah, I, I've got pages that are like falling now, and I've had to like put them back <laughs> in. So it's kind of an embarrassment to my bookshelf. You know, I take really good care of my books. Yes, he is awesome, and we're so lucky. My my teacher. Um, here in Dana Point, Diana Christensen is friends with David and more with Shelly, his wife. And so they come here at least every other year to do like special workshops for us. Oh, that's so nice. I know. Now you have mentioned that you are really uh, conscious and aware of alignment for you and your students. Mm-hmm. And you have started <laughs> an eight-hour alignment course that you offer. Yeah website yes you heard from people who have taken the course like oh my god I didn't know that's what I should be doing with my arm right now absolutely yeah so I think there's a lot of this and I don't I don't quite know where it starts but I think there's a lot of misnomers Mm -hmm. that are sort of being spread and so when I see things like your eight-hour alignment course I think man that is like essential (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know it's so funny because when we decided we wanted to do a course um you know and we're like well what kind of course should I do and and the first that's like the first thing that popped into my mind was alignment and so we made this course and I agree with you I think it's really essential for everyone but it's also not very sexy (laughs) so so it's it's been kind of funny like you know promoting it and things because you know everybody wants something like 30 days to a beach body or something like Mm -hmm. that but I don't have that and it's just not it's you know I have a couple of yoga for weight loss videos but honestly between you and me and probably everyone else now um all yoga helps with weight loss so you know, yoga for weight loss is really just to say, to try to get people to do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. And um, I had people who, someone just emailed me last week. She's like, I need to lose weight and I haven't been doing my yoga practice because of that because, you know, I, you can't lose weight when you do yoga. I'm like, where did you <laughs> Right. It's silly. It's all for weight loss. Not only like the, the kind where you're doing like the sweaty kind, but also restorative yoga has been, um, studies have been done that it helps people to lose that, um, what is it, the subcutaneous fat or the fat uh, around the middle of your body, mm -hmm. like the belly fat because of stress, re relieving stress. So, I mean, the, the benefits of yoga to weight loss are amazing. Every yoga class is a yoga for weight loss class. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. It just part of me, when I, when I do that, I, a part of me feels like a sellout, like yoga for weight loss because I want people to do, you know. But then... I love that saying, you know, come for the vanity and stay for the sanity, you know, mm -hmm. whatever gets them to come. And then once you start practicing it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is definitely more than a workout. This is giving me something more. I don't exactly know what it is, but I feel really good when I do it. So then they keep, you know, coming back. Um, but with the alignment course, like that's sort of like our, <laughs> our packaging of it, you know, it's, it's the marketing of it. It's not very exciting, I think, for a lot of people, but, but really, if you're going to practice the alignment course, it's a great way to lose weight as well. Plus, you're learning how to align your body properly to make sure that you can keep practicing yoga, you know, forever and ever so that you don't injure yourself in your yoga practice. So it's real, especially people practicing at home because you don't even have a teacher there watching you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And in some of the studios where the classes are crowded, mm -hmm. like you still don't necessarily get the sort of attention that you should from a teacher to make sure that you're able to do the poses safely. Yes. I think this is a really great course. So why did you decide to do a course? Oh, that's a good question too. So, you know, we put up free yoga videos every week and we love to do that. And we are also through YouTube, um, we are monetized, which means that whenever somebody watches one of our videos, they YouTube will pay us. It's something like a third of a penny. It's not very much. But as the views add up, you know, that continues. But we found that it wasn't enough to live on. And we also receive donations from people who watch, which is wonderful. I'm, I'm always so grateful for, you know, every donation that we receive. And that really helps us. But it still wasn't quite enough to, to, you know, pay all of our bills with our family of four in Southern California. So um, we heard from somebody else sort of in this YouTube uh, arena that making a course is another way to supplement income is, you know, you create this course and then you can sell it to the people who have been taking your videos, who know you, who trust you, and, um, you know, and that can help. So we really decided that, A, we wanted to supplement our income. We found that there are, in this sort of a business, um, you think about different little streams of revenue coming from here and there, and then hopefully over time, the little tiny trickles and streams of revenue come together to form, you know, more of like a river so that you can support yourself. So um, this was kind of another little trickle stream of, of income. And, um, and this company approached me about doing a course for them, and they, they helped us through the process and everything. And it was kind of nice because it made it not so scary because I honestly, I don't, I'm not technological at all. I don't know a whole lot about running a business at all. So um, all of this stuff has been very new to me. I, I, marketing, I don't know anything about marketing. And I'm kind of, you know, learning as I go. But um, so this company helped us. And then we decided, you know, we want to kind of move our course onto more of our own kind of platform. So we did that recently. We moved it onto a new platform. And now um, we just finished uh, a journey to Ashtanga for beginners course. And it's not quite out yet, but it will probably... So the reason it's all finished, the reason it hasn't been launched yet is because I don't really know exactly what I'm doing <laughs> to launch it. 
<laughs> we're getting there. Like we have, we have some friends that are, you know, in the same sort of um, business. And so, you know, we asked for help and luckily we found some people through YouTube that are really super helpful. It's a nice community. If you can, you know, if you put yourself out there, you can get, um, definitely meet some nice people um i've been talking with uh, yoga with adrian a lot lately we met at uh, vidcon over the summer and then the person who does her videos um he and my husband you know they talk about work stuff a lot and they've been super duper helpful um so oh what was the question i i went on a sidetrack didn't i oh um, you answered it <laughs> So we're, we're good. So, um, your your journey to Ashtanga course sounds amazing. And do you have any sort of timeline on that yet, or more freeform right now? Um, well, it is all finished. We just, you know, we sent it to our friend who who knows a lot about making courses and things in in the yoga industry and stuff. And so we're waiting for his feedback. Um, and then I'm not sure I, how I'm going to, to do the launching because, I mean, there's so many different options. Like, you can do a webinar or you can, you know, I don't know. There's just so many things that I get overwhelmed sometimes when I think about it. You know, you can collect email addresses. You can do this. You can do that. I'm going to close this window. I'm sorry. It might make a noise. They're about to pick up the recycling. Um, <laughs> so I'm sort of just... Um, at this point, we're waiting for the feedback, and then, and then I'm going to put together a launch plan. So I'm hoping that we can get this launched in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's exciting. So yeah. That, so it should be out by the time this podcast airs. Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. That yes. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, in my own business, so since you mentioned, you know, being a little overwhelmed when you think about it, just mm -hmm. I use I use a combination of live streaming on Periscope, email oh. marketing, and webinars for okay. my own product and services. Okay, that's great to know. I'm I'm taking notes. <laughs> I, I can email you. I can oh, email perfect. You. So, awesome. Uh, but I have found there's a lot of different ways that people want to consume information, especially when it comes to potentially buying a product in the end. Mm -hmm. Some people really like the periscopes, which are more informal. Uh -huh. Some people want to sit down. They want to see a slide presentation. They want it to feel polished and professional, mm -hmm. whereas mm -hmm. other people want to read it. And mm -hmm. that's where the emails come in really helpful. So wow. I found a mix of the three is really helpful for me to get my own products and services launched. That's a good thing because it's true. You know, it's like the way that people learn. People learn differently. Some learn by, you know, visualization. Some learn by listening. Some learn by, you know, actually touching and feeling it in their own bodies. And I'm sure that, you know, people have their own process of, you know, what they're going to purchase as well in that same vein. Exactly. And some people really love skimming. Mm -hmm. and really hard to do that with a webinar. Yeah, yeah. And other people want to be able to sit down, they want to have everything fed to them in a way that's like, okay, this is very systematic, I'm going to take my notes. And I find that the people who really like coming to webinars mm -hmm. are the ones who are really into um, learning information as if it's in a classroom. And okay. so courses tend to do well in that sort of a launch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But you're doing yoga, so it's not the same as sitting down with a notebook and walking someone through a business strategy, for example. Right, right, right. That's Yeah, that's true. So um, I, I think just off, off the, the top of my head, something like Zoom here. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. a Periscope could be good to give people who don't know your YouTube channel a taste of what it is you've got to offer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that we're using Zoom because, yeah, we talked a little over email that um, I've been doing um, private, I've been working with private clients over the internet, sometimes using Skype and sometimes using um, Google's, what is it called? Oh, Hangouts. Mm -hmm. And those are, they're both great. But some days, you know, they have glitches like everything else. And so it's nice to have different options of ways to work with people. Yes, definitely. And Google Hangouts has recently announced that they are shutting down. 
Oh, well, okay then. I'm glad we have Zoom. Yeah, I don't know if they actually are or if it's just something that they're thinking about doing, Mm -hmm. but they said they were going to shut off the Hangouts on Air. Mm -hmm. Something about integrating it into the Google Apps. Okay. Having these other options is really helpful, at least for my own business. Yeah. we're a little off topic here. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'll reel it back in. Well, it's re- I'll reel it back in. <laughs> you were mentioning your private clients. So was yes. that a business decision or an ability to serve better decision or a combination? Yeah, it was a combination. Um, you know, because people definitely, I get a lot of um, comments and emails and people ask me, you know, certain things about the poses and I thought, you know, that which was part of the driving force behind the our Align course was, you know, make sure that people are, are practicing safely at home. Um, and then I found too that when I actually get online with somebody and I can see what they're doing, it's quite amazing to be able to make little changes for them that show them, you know, how this, this, this little tweak will fix their shoulder, you know, just like these little things. And um, it's funny, too, because I wasn't sure how effective it would be because I wouldn't be in the same room with them being able to actually, you know, physically adjust their bodies. But I'm, every time I do them, I'm always so amazed at how effective it is because, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm watching them. I'm seeing, you know, what they're doing wrong or what they could improve. And then, you know, we just keep working on it. I show them how it looks in my body and then they're like, oh yes. And then they can, do, you know, it's like, it's, it's quite amazing. And I feel really good about those uh, sessions because people have, you know, told me like, wow, you know, my back was hurting and now it isn't, or, you know, my shoulder was bothering me and now it's not, or, you know, things like that. And it's just, you know, because what happens in yoga is we do a lot of the same poses over and over, which is good. We want our body to, you know, create that muscle memory so we can get stronger and more flexible. But if we're not doing them correctly, we're creating a repetitive stress injury in our bodies, you know, just like we would if we were typing all day and we had carpal tunnel syndrome. Same thing can happen in yoga. If we're dropping our shoulders lower than our elbows every time we take chaturanga pose, then our shoulders are going to be affected over time. So I love working with people, you know, over the internet. I love to be able to see them so that I can help them make little changes. And it's super powerful. Like, I think they're always really surprised too. I've noticed that as well as I've done a couple where I actually took a class from someone mm-hmm. online, one-on-one like that. Mm-hmm. And the first time I did it, I was like, eh, it's, it's Skype. How is yeah. it really going to be effective? It actually is because mm-hmm. you get a different sort of feedback and it's more intimate. So I yeah. feel I feel a little more protected or, you know, this was, you know, back when I was getting started with yoga. And so that's not mm-hmm. here now, but at the beginning, that is a really big mental roadblock for a lot of people. You know, they don't want to feel judged. They want to feel in yeah. a safe space. Mm-hmm. And I think having the barrier of the computer kind of helps with that as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree. I've only been doing these for, well, like I did some before summer, and then over the summer, the kids were out of school, and so we kind of did all of our filming and everything before summer so that we would be able to, you know, enjoy our our summer with the kids, so I didn't really do a whole lot of extra work over the summer, but now that they're back in school, I just started, I worked with a woman from Italy the other day. It was awesome. So, and that's so cool too. I mean, I'm, I'm working with a woman who's in Italy and I'm in Southern California and like, that's awesome. I know. Isn't the internet awesome? I just, yeah. I love this thing. <laughs> so I have uh, a couple questions I want to make sure to touch mm-hmm. on before we start to wrap up. Yep. So first off, do you listen to any podcasts? Um, I Listen to a couple sometimes, but my husband is an avid podcast listener. Um, so sometimes he has them on in the background and I'm listening. I do like, um, have you ever heard of Invisibilia? I love that one. I love Invisibilia. So I listen to that. And of course, I listen to, oh shoot, what's the other one where uh, he, the guy was on trial and now he's getting a new trial. Um, everybody's listening. Everyone was listening. I got to see what it is. But it's... um. 
Mm. Oh, I, gotta, I gotta look. Was it cereal? Cereal, yeah, cereal. Yeah, I haven't actually listened to it yet. What? I'm hearing all about Wait, it. what? <laughs> okay, just so you know, once you start listening to it, you can't stop. So just know that you're going to need to set about 12 hours of your life aside so that you can listen to what's happening. It's really good. She I has like two, that. yeah, she has two, um, two different, uh, series let's just got like a oh sorry I was looking at it as I'm talking I shouldn't do that but yeah she has um she has two different you know stories so um yeah they're great they're really great so listen to that when when it's it, there isn't one right now she's going to be coming out with a new one I don't know when but hopefully soon mm-hmm. and um what else and then my husband listens to uh he loves Mark Marin. he loves um he loves, oh, he made it weird, that podcast. Um, he loves, some of them I don't remember the names of, but anyway, yeah, he knows. He, 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 I, I listened to some. That was a long answer to say I listened to some. That's all, that's all right. I'll, I'll link to those in, in the show notes for anybody. Yeah. Feel free to edit out my blathering. <laughs> Is there a book that you are currently in love with? Oh my gosh. You know what's funny is I started reading with my kids in the evening before bed. They're 9 and uh, 12. And um, we started reading this whole series by Suzanne Collins, the writer of The Hunger Games. And so we read this whole I think there are four or five books about this. It's Gregor the Underlander series. And, you know, it's like fantasy stuff and really good. And then my older son wanted to read The Hunger Games. So we actually started reading The Hunger Games. We just finished the first book the other night, and now we just started the second book. And I know it's like, you know, this is this is definitely reading for, um, you know, more for fun than, you know, for, I don't know, learning but it has a great story to it you know and it has a great message so we've been reading the hunger games and we're you know we're working through that trilogy right now awesome you know there there is value to not just reading for knowledge yeah and i currently have about five or six books that i kind of swap through on mm-hmm. on a nightly basis and yes. one of them is a mystery book. So there's mm-hmm. a series. Um, I, I know the author. I'm a big fan of the, the work. And mm-hmm. so I just, like, if I don't feel like taking any more knowledge into my brain today, yep. I read a mystery book. And I yes. think it's a totally acceptable thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And I'm like you. I have, you know, other books that I have you know, close by that I, I'll pick up and read a little bit and put down. And, you know, I have like a book I'm reading on meditation and, you know, just different books like that. But um, I just, I just like, yeah, I like, um, I like to be entertained also. So, <laughs> you know, it's better than binge watching Netflix all night, which I will totally right. do. If I, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> if me I'm too. not careful, it'll be like six in the morning. I'm like, oh, yeah. What? Yeah, I'm ridiculous that way too. I sometimes I'll get hooked on something. I'm like, oh no, I've done it again. But um, but I also love the time that I get to spend with the boys, my boys, and how you know they are really enjoying it. And when it's you know time for bed, we don't have to have any sort of like argument because I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys remember last night what happened with Katniss? <gasps> we have to go and find out what's going on right now. And so and they're like, yeah, so they're, awesome. you know, they're ready to get into bed. And it's just a nice little it's a nice little time we have together. I like that. So it sounds like it makes bedtime a lot easier. Yes, yes. Oh, well, I don't have kids, but I should uh, I should try that. Just yes. To get myself more excited for bed. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, and uh, last but not least, you've been doing the yoga teacher thing for a while. It's mm-hmm. been about 10 years, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything that you would like someone who is, was just getting started, so someone who was where you were 10 years ago, to mm-hmm. take away from this? Hmm, that's a great question. I think that's one thing to always keep in mind as a yoga teacher is why are you teaching? Like why, what brought you to the practice? What makes you, what, what resonates to you about the practice? What do you love about it? Because there are so many things um, 
I think in the yoga industry that aren't necessarily super awesome. Like, you know, you have to be, you have to look a certain way or you have to be able to do certain poses. You have to like, you know, wrap yourself into a pretzel, like all of those things. Um, and people can get caught up in the pose and, and being able to, to do those things. Those, you know, it's wonderful to be able to do poses because it definitely shows that, um, you know, for most people, it definitely shows that you've had to, you know, that you've done a lot of work that you've, you've, you know, you're disciplined and you're consistent with your practice, which is perfect. But, you know, mostly it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, how good a pose is. What's more important is do, do people actually like you? Do people actually <laughs> want to be around you, you know? Because, like, that's what yoga is for. It's, it's, you know, helping us to become the best person that we can be. It's not about, you know, my butt looks good. So it can get um, – if you're, if you're getting into teaching yoga, it can get really confusing sometimes, um, and it can get upsetting sometimes, um, and you can, you know, see people practicing or teaching for, for reasons that are different from yours, and sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, um, but it's good to know that there's room in the yoga practice for everyone. Like anybody who wants to practice yoga can practice yoga, even if you know they if they have trouble moving, they can still breathe. You know, um, so the practice is more than just about the the poses, and that when you're when you're a teacher, though, it's also super important to continue some sort of practice on your own. It doesn't matter if you're doing you know three hours of hard asana vinyasa flow every day that's not important but what's important is that connection you know being able to connect your breath with your body and being able to quiet your mind and being able to think about how something might affect someone else instead of you know always thinking about yourself those are i think important things as a teacher because you know we can we can sometimes as a teacher it, it it's you can do more harm than good sometimes so it's important to to be able to keep yourself on track and make sure you know that your motivations are good i think that's a really important thing to keep in mind because when when you're doing it from a selfish place people can tell and mm -hmm. they're not going to have the same experience with you that they would when you're doing it from a place of care yep Yes, so, I totally agree. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. Where can people get more information about you? Uh, thank you. So I have a website. It is Fight Master Yoga, and that's F like Frank, I-G-H-T-M-A-S-T-E-R. And the reason it's Fight Master is because that's our last name. And people are always like, what? And, and it's true. <laughs> like there was a grandma and grandpa Fight Master. So a lot of people are confused like, why do you call yourself the fight master? <laughs> That's why. That's so fightmasteryoga.com. And then on YouTube, you can um, type in fightmasteryoga and find all of our classes there. And, um, and then our alignment course is available on our website. And hopefully soon, our Ashtanga course will also be available on our website. And then you can find me basically fightmasteryoga on Instagram and facebook and twitter awesome well i will link up to all of that in the show notes thank you so much for joining me i really enjoyed this episode i cannot wait for people to listen to it uh, thank you so much for having me it was really nice to talk to you